How's it going, guys? I'm Zeke. And I'm Jay. And you're listening to the Cinema Sideshow Podcast, episode 21. We are adults. Wowee! Wowee. Happy birthday, Jake. This Thank is the, you. This is the Jake birthday podcast edition. It's my birthday today. Yeah, it's kind of crazy that how that worked out. Yeah, I know. Just one off. How old are you today, Jake? <laughs> I'm 22 years old today. Oh, see, we should have deliberately put them together and yeah. like on the 22nd you turn 22 yeah I know you should have been born sh- later I know you, you should have started the podcast earlier <laughs> yeah born later makes more sense to me <laughs> now, how are you Jake um, I'm pretty good yeah. I'm feeling good I, feel yeah, like I want to give you a handshake Mr. Mr. Zeke Morganheim we've completed the semester that's a, that's a handshake sound yeah he's giving me two hands and I'm giving him one mm. so it's like when you go to like the minister and he like puts both hands on you and he's like namaste like, yeah. that's not right he got through it <laughs> And after a, a, re- a pretty big Saturday night, oh, we're uh, we're Saturday here on Monday. We was prob- that? Oh my God, you're right. That was Saturday. It was two days ago. I can just Saturday I just want to flat out say, Jake. I think yep. I'm past my going out and getting hammered prime already. Yeah, I feel like I'm losing it. I said to I was saying to James off the podcast that uh, my recovery time is getting really bad. Like <laughs> I was Fair out enough. of commission all of yesterday. Jesus, really? I was a mess. Yes, I was not functioning. You see, here's me. I even now I bounce back pretty quickly. Mm. I rarely ever have hangovers, but during, I'm usually pretty bad. Well, like during the during the, the event, like so. So we went, Zeke. We went to yours. Uh, several of us in mm. celebration of not necessarily my birthday, but uh, more Jacks, who he's been on the podcast a few times. He turns 21 tomorrow. There we go. Um, so for the majority of people probably listening to this, um, it would already be his birthday or past his birthday. Mm-hmm. Um, so wish him a happy birthday. And he's he's the 21-year-old of the group, so he uh, gets yes. to have the main course of the celebration. But no, we went to yours, several mm-hmm. of us, and I, I I started drinking. I just felt like so sick to my stomach, and I was like, I can't. I can't let anyone know. <laughs> That's fair. I definitely feel like by uh, by the halfway point, I was ready to be like, I'm kind of up for bed. Maybe that's just the semester weight. I feel like I it's think you're right. I think that's what it weighing is. Weighing down on people a little bit. But um, yeah, no, it's uh, it's good to get out the way and back into some more creative foundations. I think this is going to be one of the best breaks either of us are going to have in a long time. Yeah, it's going to be a lot happening. Yeah. I have a feeling, um, for better or worse. But for better or worse, hopefully better. Hopefully the better half. <laughs> I think we both need it right now. <laughs> yeah, no. I, I mean, it's nice to have a bit of time where it's like you can get back into the, the writing space, but mm. not a forced writing space. You're very much just right. like putting stuff together because you, you want to put stuff together. And it's nice that, yes, like today, earlier today, I, we went straight back into writing a couple of new things that Ooh, hopefully cheeky. I'll... Be able to put down on someone's table and be like, "Let's make this." When uh, my uh, my new beast comes in. Which... Oh, the beast! The beast! Tell the audience about your beast. The beast. So, um, over did, the last couple of weeks, what did ZKJ get up to lately? Um, we got up to a lot of investment stuff. Now <laughs> um, <laughs> that's exciting. No, um, honestly, I've been waiting for a while to get my. As we know, um, Jake and I both have uh, Panasonic. The G series, so I have the G7 and you have the GH4, mm-hmm. and and we shoot occasionally GH5S provided yes. by Murdoch. Yeah, the um, Pretender and Faces were shot on GH5S. Yes, and then um, I think a couple of my docos were with my G7. I think Cradle was mostly your G7. Yes, if not um, all. Yeah, I um, think so. I think I brought my GH4, but I think virtually none of those shots made it into the final <laughs> film. <laughs> Um, so yeah. we've had, I've had mine since starting uni. So that's, mm. it's nearly three years old now. Wow. Um, yeah. so it was time to upgrade and upgrade. There's been did. a lot of talk about this camera and I haven't got it yet. We're waiting for it to come on in. I'm sure to be, uh, blogging that into vlogging. <laughs> vlogging. I, I can't believe I said vlogging. I don't think I've ever said vlogging. I will be vlogging and accounting You're going to do an day. unboxing video on ZKJ Productions? Yeah, we'll get a million views on it. <laughs> um, no, uh, yeah, so I decided to invest in a new camera that's getting a lot of buzz around mm. the uh, camera community, particularly late last year, early this year, and yep. has really picked up for some reason in the last two months, like okay. crazy amounts over heaps of what I've discovered from all the rigorous YouTube research, the research watching. Yeah. Um the Blackmagic Pocket Cinema Camera. B M P C C four K. And Blackmagic we've worked with a little bit um already. The uh, mini the Mini Pro Mini Pro G twos. 
Uh, 2.6, is that what it is? Or 4.6? 4.6. 4.6. And I loved that camera. Oh, it's amazing. And obviously the Pocket Cinema is a much smaller version of that that Mm. camera, but has been receiving an absurd amount of positive reception for its, like, cinema performance. And I figured I was like, well, we're six months away from all wrapped up at uni. Mm. um, Oh, so close, dude. It's time to invest in really trying to build up a, a, as Jack says, an an arsenal of equipment that is more <laughs> up to date and going to hopefully deliver more consistently great content in the future, which we'll talk about a lot of that stuff obviously in the next couple of weeks, some of the mm. things that might be coming up. But um, just for the short term, it's really exciting to have a new investment um, and hopefully with that people get behind some of our future projects knowing that the quality is going to be elevated to another yeah. new and fascinating level. No, it's exactly right. It's, it's the funness of playing with these new, really fancy toys and just upgrading. Yeah. Constant upgrades. And I mean, I know we normally save this sort of segment, this career-based segment. I was going to say, segment. the career's at the start this time. <laughs> um, we normally do. Um, but I feel like this week, especially now that we've turned 21, we had to grow up a little bit. <laughs> um, but no, yeah, I feel like now is the time that I feel like in my own personal career... I've never been this interested in wanting, like, on the more camera side and the technical yeah, side. I yeah. definitely think this, this semester that gone by, in reflection of the semester that we just finished, I think sound really got, uh, like, I took sound to another level and really listened to that ah, sort of stuff. Apply my, to it, and apply yeah. myself in that way. And <laughs> for honestly, like, cinematography wise I don't think I've ever been this fascinated in how cameras work and how because I really yeah. want to be um I think with us being in this position we should all try and aim to be that Swiss army person on a set mm. you know interchangeable which is what we talked about last week yeah, yeah. so that's uh, the way to look at it I think I'm just excited for the camera yeah. I've been telling everyone <laughs> about it I got the cage showed already. us the cage for Saturday night yeah so it's exciting times yeah you know. Nah, well, that is awesome because I think that that's the first time in a long time either of us have made some sort of upgrade. It's been mm-hmm. a long time since I've bought any. That's not that's not true. I bought that um, the DJI, the Ronin, yes. several months ago, but I just like I just barely used it. Mm. I don't know. I just didn't get as excited about it as I should. Seem to spend like nine hundred bucks on it. Mm. There's <laughs> funny thing that I was like looking at, which I'll talk to you about later. I'm definitely yep. looking at my own three-axis gimbal and uh, okay. Oh, there's you did an, ask me about it, eh? Yeah, there's a new there's a new one that's come out that it looks pretty cool too. So, um, has this really cool user interface. Wow, this has just turned into a real technical thing. Let's go back to movies. We watch movies too. I mean, this is a Do part we of watch movies. movies. Occasionally, I haven't watched that many this week either. Okay, I watched uh, a few. I oh, played. Yeah. I played a bit. I played a video game. We mm. talked about this a while back. Wanting to play video games and like weird. not actually doing yeah. it. No, I played a bit of Spyro. Oh yeah, enjoy yeah. it. Yeah, no, I really love it. I never played it back on the PS1, so it was interesting to get back into it and mm-hmm. platinum it in two days. What movies did you get up to this week? Oh, yeah, I actually did watch some movies. Don't worry. Yeah. Um, some very unpleasant films, actually. <laughs> I have so, a feeling. The other day, and, like, there's a bit of a progression between the these, these this list that I have. The other day, I I think I had, like, a four-hour break between something. I think I was shooting... <laughs> I was shooting a show on Friday, like a like a stage performance thing on Friday. So I attended a rehearsal, got my blocking and placement sorted, had about four hours to myself. And I was like, all right, let's go home. Let's, let's chuck on the good old Netflix. Let's watch something and kind of, you know, get me through these hours. And I probably picked some the most unpleasant choices I could possibly pick, starting with Contagion. Have you oh, seen, really? have you is, seen Contagion? I haven't. I haven't braved myself to watch it yet. It's really fucking unpleasant. Really? <laughs> it's really good. But it's... it's Don't eat when you're watching it. Really? Yeah, because it's just... Not, it's not even, the, like, the visual... There's some visual, like, bleh, moments, you know, but it's it's not like the human centipede or anything like that, mm-hmm. which I've also yet to watch. We should watch that. We should do it one week. I'm not watching that. Oh, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. It's a no. With someone. <laughs> it's a no from me. I'll see if literally anyone in the world wants to watch it with me. No. Probably not. <laughs> people people have uh, morals. Surely it's a good date movie. No? No. Absolutely not. <laughs> um, no, it's not that kind of movie. Contagious more. Uh, there's a lot of the, the, the mental side of it of like, mm-hmm. oh, I feel like... Because it goes really deep into the whole... I mean, for those of you who don't know, Contagion is a 2011 film about basically this disease that faces... Urban. And it's it's meant to be kind of like the modern day 
Um, I mean, it's a commentary on like the swine flu. That was the whole thing. What mm-hmm. two thousand nine? Yeah, it's so not that long before the film actually got made. Um, and I think more more indicative of the um, it was the oh why am I why am I blanking on this like this the white the white flu that happened in early nineteen hundreds was it I oh like the or like the black plague yeah basically well, that's my, I mean that's a term yeah you're yes. right um bubonic plague yeah it was pretty bad. From her. And they actually yes. literally reference it in the film. Like, they use, it's part of the dialogue when they reference it. Uh, it was pretty much trying to be, like, a modern-day look at that, and it's very scientifically accurate, mm-hmm. and it's really just, like, devastating. But it, it finds a really good mix of the, the international and the, the personal. So it's basically this ensemble cast. And I actually found this out as well. It's a huge cast. That big cast. I know... Um, They've got a. I remember I wanted to watch it because Brian Cranston was in it, even though he's mm-hmm. got like a tiny, tiny role. Mm-hmm. But you got like Matt Damon and stuff as well. Um, Gwyneth Paltrow's in it, and she, spoiler alert, like dies in the first ten minutes. And there's a scene. the The unpleasant part very much stems from the fact that her face, like visibly, just like just becomes molded and like wrecked from this disease, and she immediately dies. And they literally saw her head off and like peel her face back to look at her brain to get see what the hell Ooh. happened because they can't figure out how she passed away. And it's, yeah, it's a quite a confronting shot. And I was like, oh. Gwyneth is... Paltrow getting her head chopped off. <laughs> I told Jack that and he's like, oh, I should watch this movie now. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, it, it's interesting you talk about the um, bit of an ensemble cast because mm-hmm. um, there's, there's actually a term that was uh, that was actually termed in 2005 by Accuser Quart, I believe that's the name, in a review for Happy Endings. And what this is, is basically this, it's called Hyperlink Cinema. And what it is, is like expanding um, kind of narrative threads that all kind of layer over each other. So it's like following mm-hmm. different people in different stories. So you get you get the interpersonal with um, Gwyneth Paltrow, who passes away, and her son. And then the, the husband in the equation is Matt Damon. So we follow him and his other daughter who survived. And it's mm-hmm. they're kind of the personal link of like the small family who are kind of amidst all this chaos of like, you know, riots starting. And once they finally get it, like a cure ready, people are rioting because they can't get access to it fast mm-hmm. enough. And it's just really intense. cool. It's intense. It's very yeah. intense. Um, but then you get the sign, you follow by, like different scientists throughout the film who are either use themselves as guinea pigs or like. Uh, you know, so people are getting kidnapped uh, because they kind of have leverage of getting the cure before other people. It's like this whole thing. Really impressive film. Pretty full on. Yeah, I know. And um, crazy. It reminded me of the, um, you know, the infection bio, well, that phone game where you purposely oh, try yeah. to infect. It was basically the movie version of that. <laughs> it's definitely pulled to me and I really will give it a watch. You on should. This, it's on uh, Netflix. It's... On this challenge. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've been watching things that I've already seen, which is probably okay. not a smart thing to no, do. Well, you, you can re-examine. What did you watch? Um, I did watch... Uh, I'll start with something new. Okay. Because I, I did have a couple of new ones that I watched yep. this, uh, this past week. I watched Goon, or The Goon, I think it is. The Goon? Um, yes, what is The Goon? What is it? I don't uh, know. So it's a film about uh, uh, ho- ice hockey players, and it's it's got a really good it's on netflix and it's got okay. a really good rating it's like 83 percent on rotten tomatoes and it's about um ice hockey players whose job is to literally just beat up the other team and pick fights okay at an expense of all of the talented players yeah. and it's got like it's got um it's got leaf schreiber in it um who's who's great and mm. i'm gonna quickly get up the, the other guy because he's the guy who plays uh i can't remember his name off the top of my head mm. um he plays stifler in american pie Okay. Um, so it's probably a... That bloke. Yeah. Let me, get it, let, it up. let me get it up. We're doing a little research. While we wait on the uh, the research of Zeke, I'm going to make lots of noises and no, keep it well, interesting. The... No, no, Here mind. we go. <laughs> Sean William Scott. Ah, there you go. Okay. You go. So, yeah, and I watched that and I really enjoyed it. It was a fun film. It's kind of silly. Jay Burchell yeah. is in it. That sounds right, Bushell. And I think Bichelle. I think he's probably my least favorite part of the movie, which oh. is weird. He's just his character isn't just funny. It's not funny. That's what they say in the industry is a big oof. Yeah. So just, um, <laughs> I really enjoyed that movie. Cool. But I've gone back to watching some, rewatching some films. I kind of was in the midst of watching. Uh, I just started watching Interstellar for no reason. Oh, I just beautiful. I mean, I can't. Back to our northern love. Yeah, and I know we've talked about Nolan plenty on the show, but 
I just was sitting there and I was like, I needed a bit of a, a film that I... And I don't think Interstellar is that much... I think it's kind of passive viewing. It's not like... It's uh, it's not like Inception where you kind of have to be on the ball mm-hmm. to follow everything, but... It's just nice. It's, it's just a good a, it's nice watching a movie that's so well made and competent and amazing that it's like you don't even have to think that much. You're just yeah. like, yep, this film's really good. No, like, it's true because I mean that's what I said about uh, Yonkies ago on this podcast um, when I was watching Swiss Army Man. Is it got to that point when I just like let the movie take me? Yeah, it's like I'm gonna stop judging this on a critical level. I obviously will, mm-hmm. but in terms of trying to find the the weak links, and I know you don't love the movie as much as I do. Yeah. But you're right. You have those movies where you don't, you stop looking for the weak links. You're like, this movie just stands. And that film does that pretty early on. I'm talking like, yeah. just when McConaughey leaves for Orbit, you're like, yeah, I'm going on a ride with this movie. This movie's just a lot of fun. Yeah, and fair enough. I mean, that's still a fair while into the film. Yeah, it's not even that early if you really. Feel, I mean, it's a big movie. Yeah, it's it's a good one. What about you? Watch anything else? Um, yeah. So that same day, I watched Contagion. I was like, I need to watch something else. To- <laughs> Happy, happy yourself. You're up. right, which uh, I, I didn't do a good job of that either. I ended up watching The Circle, one with uh, Emma Watson and Tom Hanks and stuff. Okay, I have heard of this movie. And okay. I've seen this, like, the DVDs and stuff like okay, that. Okay, you haven't seen the movie, though. No. Okay, it is a round A, like the cover and everything. Yeah, that movie, I remember that came out not long after she finished Harry Potter, I'm pretty sure. Actually, it came out in 2017, six years after the last Harry Potter. It's been six years since... Wow. No, no, no. Six years since that movie came out. It's been eight years since Harry Potter finished. That's insane. Yeah. It's 2019, man. well after. I think I was still in primary school when that last... No, no. I just started high school. That breaks my brain, man. Part two, definitely. I was was in high school. That's um, hectic. Well, we would have both been. It is hectic. It's been so long. But um, I think it's interesting because Emma Watson... I was thinking about this when I was watching this, but I was like, Mm -hmm. how many movies have I seen her outside of Harry Potter? It's like, well, I saw... Perks have been a wallflower, wallflower, and you've seen it too now. Yes. I think that's it. I didn't watch Beauty and the Beast or anything like that. She's in This Is The End. Oh, that's right. She's Oh, she's so good in that one. She's though. clever in that. <laughs> she's not in it a lot, but she's that's in it true. enough to be like, yeah, Emma Watson's in this She movie. goes in there, breaks someone's nose, and then leaves. Yes. And she's amazing in it. That's, no, it's a good point. Um, But you're and right. I haven't, I haven't seen the the. You vast, haven't seen Beauty and the Beast. I haven't seen Beauty and the Beast. I, I, it's kind of like The Circle. I want to watch it because she's in it. I'm curious. But I never got around to it until mm-hmm. well now. Um, the Tom thing, Hanks too. Tom Hanks is in it. Uh, John B. John B. Boyega, Jesus Christ, is in it. Um, Karen Gillan is in it. Uh, Nebula. Oh wow! And I'm honestly digging her career right now. I should really just enjoy her. There we go. She's really great in this, and she she plays like the friend who helps Emma Watson uh, get into this very Facebook esque like high tech media company that basically like. It doesn't run the world, but runs the world, you know, in the same sense Facebook okay. does. Um, it reminded me of Black Mirror a lot, which is something I'll also talk about in a moment. Um, and it generally felt just like an episode ripped out of Black Mirror, especially okay. the way the plot, well, the way it's shot even, just kind of the way, and the way technology weaves itself into the into the camera um, and the plotting of it in terms of that the movie kind of puts Emma Watson in the spot where we, can, we find it relatable and then just mm-hmm. kind of keeps pushing her to the edge uh, right until the end. I think the ending's very weak without spoiling it. And I think that's why the movie got panned by critics. It got really panned, yes. which confused me because I didn't think it was a bad film. I think the ending's bad. But, but, good, but like, I thought everything else was very Black Mirror-esque in a good way. Okay. In a way that I was like, this intrigues me. This is I will f- have to give this a watch and I think offer a, a bit that's of insight a maybe point. on the following week. Yeah. So maybe you next week on the it's show. On, it's on Netflix as well. Um, it's been there, like I've been sitting for ages. Yeah, and I remember, <laughs> I remember getting panned by critics, and I think that's what discouraged me. Okay, from it, I was a little bit like, because I'm not one to be super into what critics say, yeah. but if it, if it gets destroyed, like which this like, kind of did, like if if I see a film that's got, because I've watched some films that. Like, Gridiron Gang is sitting on, like, a 46% on yeah, yeah. Rotten Tomatoes. And I, I still gave it a watch. And I gave it, I think, a 6. So I still okay. gave it higher than what it, it was rated yeah. critically overall. Because I didn't enjoy it. My All-American was the same. It was, like, yeah, really yeah, yeah. destroyed. My, it was, got like, 25%. And I didn't think it was a 25% film anyway. I thought it was fine. It was, like, 5 yeah. out of 10. Well, that's exactly right. I think I think this surpasses I think I gave it a B-. minus. Okay. I can't remember what I... Yeah, no, that makes sense because I get yeah, 
I, like, like I said, I hate giving the grades, but it helps me to kind of. No, grades need. I think grades are important to an extent because they they're, they're very yeah. measured on a level of enjoyment too. Yeah, well, they've got a place. Yeah. Um, even though I, I prefer just simply talking about my mm-hmm. thoughts on a wider scope, but you're right. In, in a lot of cases, it's easiest to just give mm-hmm. a grade and that kind of. But so like I said, I still enjoyed this film, and I think I'm in the same place as you. Is unlike critics, I didn't hate it as much as yeah most other people did. It it just surprised me a bit. Um, but no, she was great. Um, Bill Pax uh, pa- is Paxton. Yeah, Paxton yeah. is in this, and I didn't realize this was his last role. He died before this film released. Oh wow! Yeah, and I noticed it because I, I he had like the he had like the big bushy hair and stuff. And the only thing I really remember his performance in was that. Um, video game doco drama BBC thing, which was like um, Daniel Radcliffe, ironically, and Bill Paxton as uh, what's his name, Jack Thompson, in who's the guy who like, tries to get GTA like illegalized and all this mm-hmm. stuff. Um, and they made a movie about that. It was like a TV doco drama thing. Daniel Radcliffe plays one of the um, Hauser brothers from Rockstar. Oh, okay. And I didn't mind it. I was a kind of a guilty pleasure. I have not watched it. Oh, I'll pass it along to you. Okay. I don't maybe. know how easy it is to find, so I'll pass you my copy. But um, okay. Interesting well, film. I also managed to catch. Well, I actually ended up catching more than I thought I did. Maybe it's this week's been such a blur. Yeah, that, uh, it really has. been, I didn't dude. realize I had a day where I sat down and I watched, I think, three Interstellar. Goon, who's so astronomically different, and a beautiful yeah. mind. Oh, and I had never okay. seen a beautiful mind before. And the wow. funniest thing was, I was watching it, and I was ten minutes into the movie, yeah, and no credits came up or anything to say who directed the film. Mm. And I'm there watching it, and I just I remember messaging Jack. I'm like, "Don't tell me. I want to get to the end of the film." But I think Ron Howard directed this <laughs> film, <laughs> <laughs> like. It was just something about, like... Kind of pick on that, yeah. It's amazing when you can really pick up a director's style, like Ron Howard's use of, like, warm colours. Like, yeah, yeah. Where you just... And yellows. He, he loves it. He's got, like, a yellow thing going on. And even then, he's not, like, the kind of director, like, like a Nolan or a... You know, you know what we did last week, even, with um, Anderson, of, like, he doesn't have a very strong, clear... Mm. um, I guess, style of his. Ron Howard's... Well, he's fucking Ron Howard, you yeah. know? Um, so it was a good guess considering you didn't know at all. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> I feel like this is a Ron Howard film. Got to the end, first read it, first name that puts up Ron Howard. I enjoyed the film. Um, yep. I think it was a bit long. Fair um, enough. Yeah. Uh, I love I love Russell Crowe in it. I don't know what Russell Crowe was doing in the early two thousands, but he was on something that made him like amazing. <laughs> He's on something great. like he was so good. Like between this Cinderella Man and Gladiator. It's he, it's he's top yeah. of the mark. He's primo early two thousands. So I don't know what happened the golden ten years, years, ten years later. Like where, like I mean, I love him in Maybe Nice Guys. Up. <laughs> Maybe that was it. Maybe, but Nice Guys is probably the only Russell Crowe movie I've liked. Maybe in the last ten years. Wow. I mean, if anyone else can think of another really good Russell Crowe film from the last ten is years, I'm the, always. Uh, I cannot for life remember. Is it called The Grit? There's like a Western type issue. Oh, True movie Grit. Called. True Grit. That's what isn't no, he? No, Matt Damon, Jeff Bridges. Jeff Bridges. That's what I'm thinking of. Uh, I've never seen it, so I, I only like the DVD. True cover Grit and stuff. is amazing. I okay. watched True Grit last year for the first time, and I wish. See what started my 365 challenge. Yeah, um, bit of origins oh, for the three sixty five challenge. Story was, time. It was a mixture Zeke. of your three sixty five yep. challenge yep. attempt, and attempt. I watched. I went on a Cohen <laughs> spree. I watched yep. four Cohen movies. I watched Fargo, Blood Simple, True Grit. Yeah, and uh, what's that one called? Uh, I've forgotten the fourth one. Um, I don't. Yeah, I'm... read before I burn after reading. That's it. Burn I've after got reading. That on DVD, yeah. Um, Never didn't enjoy it. Burn After Reading. Mm. Blood Simple is an amazing. That's their direct. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm gonna say it's their first film as brothers. I'm just gonna cough it if it's not. <laughs> Directorial debut by the Coens was Blood Simple. Um, do you want me to look this up for you? <laughs> no, it's cool. We'll find out. I'm gonna do um, it. <laughs> <laughs> and then Fargo, which is one of those films that everyone's talked about and I've never watched, and I watched it and really enjoyed it. But I think out of all of them, True Grit was the one that I got the most kick out of. It was great. It was a great film, man. But, um, yeah, that was that was where I started. I was like, maybe I should try this. Because I ended up watching, in the last week of 2017, yeah. 2017, 18, 
2018. <laughs> I ended up watching, <laughs> what, 12 or 14 films or something. I just pumped them out yeah, right at the end yeah. of the year. Just crush them. And I was like... I could do this. I could do 360. Could have saved those for the start of the year. I, I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember I had my, Inside Lewin Davis was the end of that Cohen spree of those five movies. Yeah, so could, yeah. And that was the first one of the 365. I, I had my similar, like, oh crap, I wish this movie was part of this, like, yeah. challenge. I mean, it was the, um, the doco, Jim and Andy. That was yeah. the one I watched just before I started counting. I was like, damn it, that would be a good one. Would have been cool. List. Um, the directorial debut is. Blood simple. Yay. Yay. Nineteen eighty four. But yeah. No, it's it's been pretty cool. It was a really it was a nice film. Uh, I'm not I think Cinderella Man's my favourite from Ron Howard, but I like a sport movie and yeah. uh, that movie's just great. Whereas this one uh, it was okay. Ed yeah. Harris is in it. He plays a bad guy really. It's like of that's course he interesting. Does. Ed Harris playing a bad guy. I know, that's the most obvious thing on the planet. <laughs> um, Ed Harris in a movie is a bad guy, let's be honest. Yeah, just just Ed Harris in a movie in general. Full stop. Bad guy. <laughs> what about you? Let's. Uh, what else you got? Okay, well, I I I wanted to see if you ended up doing this. I'm I'm guessing you didn't end up having didn't time end to up do this. It. Uh, Black Mirror season five did come out in the last week, mm-hmm. and I watched all three episodes in one night. Um, I don't know how I had time to do that, but <laughs> they were our episodes. Uh, basically, I think the shortest one. Ooh, what was it? They come in about 60 to 75 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, it really varies between seasons, but this one was pretty much three episodes. I think they were all at least an hour from memory. Actually, one of them might have been like 55 minutes. Or... Okay. They're, they're longest episodes, but you know, there's only three. And I don't, again, I don't blame them because they just released a five-hour multi-spanning film mm-hmm. of Black Mirror. So anyone who says like, oh, they only did three episodes. What the hell? It's like, shut up. I'm sorry, but... So, so you're you paying enough? only fourteen dollars a month to get Netflix. Yeah, exactly. Right, so. It's like let's calm down, guys. <laughs> <laughs> They're amazing episodes. Um, I really, I really enjoyed the season, mm-hmm. um, a lot, which is interesting because I think critics loved it, but I every time I go on Facebook or I go on a thread, people tend to really dislike it. They think it's okay. like, I think they hate it for the reasons that I really like it, and is that the technology aspect of it takes a big backstep this season. Mm-hmm. If it was way more grounded, all the episodes kind of take place, you know, today in theory. Yep. Like they're different versions of today, but it's not like, you know, the year twenty one seventy seven sort mm-hmm. of thing. Or it's not going back in other episodes that go back in time. I, I guess there's episodes that fake go back in time. Yeah. Like they're in a simulation of nineteen sixties sort of thing or eighties, I guess. I'm thinking of saying something. Um, I'm an idiot, but that's okay. You haven't seen any Black Mirror before, have you? I have not. It's really good. Yeah. Like, it's, their worst episodes are still pretty decent. I think with Black Mirror, it's just been one of those things that, like, in contrast, I've been watching, like, the last season of Vikings, like, nonstop. Yeah. So, because that final season's, like, I think only two weeks away from starting up on SBS. So, Ooh. I was like, I need to watch. Gotta get there in time. And I am. I've only got two episodes left in the season. And nice. it's like, that show to me has always been, like... My, f- I love that show, and that yeah. show's they're long episodes. They're one hour bang, one hour to an hour and thirty per Jeez. episode. So they really do pack Scraping a lot in features, them. eh? Yeah, and so between shows like that, it's really hard to like just watch things like where everyone's like, just I don't have like like I used to be able to binge watch shows. I think I watched all of Thirteen mm. Reasons Why's first season in one sitting. I okay. Think, uh, I just can't find the time to watch 75 minutes three times over for what, even one season. So, let alone, what is Black Mirror up to five seasons? This is, yeah, season five now. Crazy. But yeah, there's short seasons like overall. I think their longest seasons are six episodes long. Yeah. And then I think I think season one only had three episodes. Mm-hmm. And now this one is three episodes. Um, no, you're right. It's hard to find that binge time. I think, I think for me, I try to actually binge everything, usually because I do get into the show enough to just binge it mm-hmm. to the end. I know like Atypical is a Netflix show that's. I don't want to call it a guilty pleasure because I really don't like that first season, even though I like very happily watched through the whole thing. One, mm-hmm. I think I was going through a breakup when I watched that. Okay. Maybe that was why I was punishing myself. <laughs> <laughs> this has gotten heavy on the Cinema Sideshow podcast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, no, but you know, I got I got some personal beef with um, Atypical, which I think they addressed and kind of solved some of that in season two. But you're right; it's that thing of um, binging a show when. Really, there's no reason for me to be binging. I'm not that insanely into the characters. This is a sense of just getting That's it all done in one hit. Definitely, hair. my thirteen reasons why thing. Because not oh, even okay. the first season, I I liked that much. Yeah, but still sat down. You wanted to just with, get to the end. I sat down on the first episode with you. We were uh, episode two. one and season two together. Yeah, 
Yeah. So it's like just pushing myself to watch that show because I don't I don't know why. I hate myself. I don't know. Um, <laughs> no, so I, does Hannah Baker, I suppose. Oh, Jesus. I um, no, that, that I think... Uh, so what, what was your verdict on Black Mirror? Um, I really enjoy, Like I said, I really enjoyed the season because I can see why people have issues with it. The, the technology taking a back step. And I really don't think it does anything too different from the other seasons. Um, I actually, I did write it down to kind of refresh myself because the first episode, without spoiling anything, I won't spoil it for you guys, mm-hmm. but I will try and give you enough context that people who have seen it know what I'm talking yep. about. Um, a first episode is, I mean, it, go, it taps into VR gaming a bit, but it's more, actually, how do I say this without spoiling it? Um, it's, it's about the marriage of this guy, Anthony Mackey, mm-hmm. Anthony Mackey and his marriage. Uh, and his friend who uh, comes into his life and uh, well, he's always been in his life, but there's a time jump early on. It starts off, and this was quite clever because Black Mirror is very good with their technology. So you know when you watch a mm-hmm. movie and like someone's on their phone and it just it just screams fake. Yeah, like the person who did whatever they did to it, or like someone's on a computer and like the screensavers like it's, something's off. It's like someone who doesn't know how to use a computer designed this, this computer. That yeah, kind. exactly. Black Mirror is pretty good at dealing with that. They're usually really on top of stuff. Mm-hmm. And at first I thought they screwed up because the, the guy, Anthony Mack and his mate, they sit down the cast to play a PS3 game. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, they're using a PS3. This is weird. And then it jumps 11 years later. I was like, there it is. So this stuff, like, I don't know. I always appreciated that about Black Mirror. Are they still slamming the controls um, looking like they're totally playing a game? No, it was actually national. pretty decent. Like, the yeah. light, the, actually, the control light was on and everything. Like I talk was... about that, but in the short film that I was last on acting, I had to do a scene like Oh, that, really? And I mashed, like, <laughs> a mu- <laughs> <laughs> Were you, like, instinctively just did it? Like you No, it? I, like, the director, when I was, I was, like, supporting role on this, this film, and me and this other dude... We're there, like, and we're supposed to play a game. And I was oh, like, you're both do you playing? Want... Yeah, and we're yep. both, like, the other the other actor and I were... I was like, to the director, I was like, do you want us to play, like... We're actually playing games. She's like, no, just mash buttons. <laughs> and it's like, you're not going to go against what the director wants. But, like, yeah. me and him kind of looked at each other and we're like... Like, before even the take, Jake, yeah, I'm not even joking. They were playing Injustice 2. So they were playing it properly, like oh, okay. like, the, like the proper combos and stuff, like yeah. me and the other two actors. And I was there, like, do you want us to just play? Like, he's like, and she's like, nah, just mash and then celebrate. Like, like I had to do this okay, take yeah. where I was like mashing, and then I have to go, yes. But you see, I get. I mean, that's that's right. It's a sign of not everyone involved in the project mm. knows how that works. I feel like everyone who worked on Black Mirror knows how gaming works. That was or, a real, or... real fun segue, that one. <laughs> <laughs> no, but no, I'm glad you brought that up. That was a fun little yeah. story. But no, it's true. Like, I'm glad that they nail it. And they kind of have to. Their whole show is kind of based yeah, around technology, this premise. Technology, yeah. Exactly. Um, so I'm glad that the people writing these shows aren't out of the loop. And I think maybe that's the reason why The Circle got crapped on. But The Circle also relatively did okay with it. Like, there was nothing jarringly, oh, that doesn't look right. Yeah, and you'd pick up on that stuff. Exactly, You're the guy who came on here a couple of weeks ago to talk about a God of War documentary. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So so if someone's going to pick this up, it's probably you. Fair enough. No, it's true. You know, like you said, it just happens all the time when you're like, oh, just mash buttons. Oh, the the light on the controller's not on. You know, Mm -hmm. that kind of Um, But yeah, it's hard for me to talk about episode one without spoiling it a lot. What I did pick on episode one, very subtly and very well done, full black cast, 100% black cast. I appreciated that. And didn't, it wasn't. It wasn't like you know the whole didn't Black, Black Panther, Panther like, project it to the ceiling. <laughs> no, it was just that thing of like, we just so happened to be following a black family, and all of their friends and families just so happened to be black Jordan, people. It was quite. quite that's why I like Jordan Peele because with us yeah. and Get Out, it's de- Get Out's a little Get bit Out's too very purposely, but it's weaved into the plot. Whereas it's very weaved into us. It. It doesn't have to be. But and even us has they have their the the white friends. Yeah. Which is fine. They don't. There's nothing jarring or like weird about it. But they still have like their white friends. Yeah. And I was like, okay, that's. Are they trying to say something? I don't know. You know, but I don't know. I just picked up on that. It was mm-hmm. really um. It was really nice. I was so like, you enjoyed them. Yeah. Like the episodes. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um. I think both episode one and the third one, which is the Miley Cyrus one, which I was mm-hmm. very curious about, and I think she's really bloody good in it. Okay. I think a lot of people are disappointed with that episode. I don't necessarily know why interesting it, these episodes don't do anything different from any other black mirror episodes so anyone who has issues with these episodes could it be the the casting nah because it's it's that case of like you know hiring 
Michael Keaton to be in Birdman. It's the same thing of like, this is a person who knows he's in that realm. This is Miley Cyrus playing a pop star. Mm-hmm. Like, and the the whole result of like the behind Lady the scenes Gaga stuff. Lady Gaga with the Star is Born. Exactly. It's exactly right. And it's like, it works. Mm-hmm. So I don't see why people are upset. But there were some great shots as well on that because she lives in this big mansion. And just the way they shoot the mansion mm-hmm. and like some of the framing, there's like, this is cool. Yeah. I love when you get a good location, you actually know how to shoot it. You know? It's a... Not everyone does know how to shoot it, but those who it's do... Like, it's like someone else making a pretender and then not getting a shot of the vista through the window. You yeah. know what I mean? That was, a big, that was a big must on that set. Exactly. And I've, I've seen it multiple times. Beautiful locations, not shot. Huh. Not shot the way they should have been. Well, are you ready to break into our movie of the week, Jakey um, Boy? Just about. I'm just thinking if there's anything else I want to cover Black Mirror. Because, again, I liked all... Well, I would like to maybe give this season a shot. If it's only a couple of hours of my time, maybe I'll give that a shot in the circle in the next week, seeing as I have a lot more time on my hands now. Yeah, boy. I think you would definitely enjoy it. I think... Because maybe that might be a good thing to talk about next week on the show, is maybe even... Yeah, we can go into more spoiler stuff next week. I actually kind of like that. Yeah. All right. Well, I'd say before we jump into our movie of the week... Actually, I do want to clarify last week, because there were a few people confused. Did Jesse message you about the James cameo last week? I did not get a message. Okay, I got a message from Jesse being like, what the hell's going on with James and the podcast? So he didn't seem to pick up on what we had done. So I want to clarify That's to the audience. That's pretty good. It's, it's pretty great. You should be happy about that. <laughs> so um, for those who didn't realize, yep. James the Van Norton was <laughs> not on the podcast last week. And we used... Well, he was on the podcast last week. Well, he was on the podcast, but he was on the podcast in spirit. <laughs> And also with the audio snippets from him on the previous week of the show, yeah. um, so, which we interwove into our... Into uh, our normal discussion. Yeah, so the only parts of that show that were sort of scripted were literally the bits where we would cue the James question in. <laughs> we'll bring James back in. I'm really glad that it got away with it. He was like really confused what the hell was happening. Because he just was like this guy hanging out in the room. Because he just James every 30 minutes make a comment. He's like, what? So yeah, those are the exact snippets that he has at the end of episode 19. And even that would have been confusing, I think. I should explain in episode 19 that he literally walked in on us during the little the, commercial break. Yeah, the outro part yeah. where we talk about the following week. So so, um, so we're able to sneak him in for that five seconds. I've talked to James today. Um, we will definitely be getting him on the show. I have an idea yeah, in mind boy. for that episode. Um, we'll be switching gears a little bit. We'll probably see him hopefully in the next, maybe not next week, maybe the week after. We have an episode planned for him. Okay. Um, I like the sound of that. It's uh, specifically catered to him and a movie that came out recently that's catered to that style. But we were talking, we were actually sitting there today for a good nearly three hours talking about three hours this this sort of aspect of cinema that isn't talked about a lot. But we would love to address it on an episode. So stay tuned for that. Exciting. But But before that, we're going to do our weekly update. We do. The Avengers oh. Endgame box office. Wow, 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 wow. It is currently at $2,730,000,000. It is now $56 million short. Holy crap, this is going to come down to the wire. It's coming down to the wire. It really is, dude. And we actually talked, I talked to Jack about this. Well, I think we all talked about what it. Was it yesterday? What was it last it week? It was the other day, I think. Last week was a 70, wasn't it? 70 off? Yeah. I think, I think, it, made, I think it made 15... Or 17 mil in the last week. Oh, my Lord. This I think, I think I'm going to so lose, intense. mate. Here's the thing. It will get its boost when Spider-Man Far From Home is about to release. Mm. And Jack says that that's going to... Well, yeah. Oh, it was me, Jack, and Jesse. That's right. We were talking about it. And Jack was the one who said it's probably going to get the boost before Spider-Man. It's like, that's very true. thing is, Spider-Man comes out a little too far away, Far From Home, from the... Episode 23 podcast. Yeah, which is not next week. It's the, the week, week after. after. So it's going to get its boost just after the deal's off. Boy. And that's probably what's going to pull it over. So we'll see. We'll I'm not going to admit defeat yet. Don't. Wait till episode 23. Yeah. Because that could depend on even which day we do the podcast too. Exactly. There's a lot riding on this right. next couple of weeks. Man, I didn't realize it would be this close. What an amazing... Bet. <laughs> and you want to do episode 30. <laughs> I did. Good choice. Good choice. Uh, All right. Landed. Well, let's break into our movie of the week. What are we cool. watching, Jake? Uh, we're watching uh, Pokemon's Detective Pikachu. Welcome, Welcome 
to Rhyme City. A celebration of the harmony between humans and Pokemon. Tim, your dad was a legend in this precinct. If you were anything like your dad... I'm not. I remember. You wanted to be a Pokemon trainer when you were young. Pokemon! Ace Detective Harry Goodman goes mysteriously missing, prompting his 21-year-old son, Tim, to find out what happened. Aiding in the investigation is Harry's former Pokemon partner, wisecracking, adorable, super sleuth detective, Pikachu. Finding that they're uniquely equipped to work together, as Tim is the only human who can actually talk to Pikachu, they join forces to unravel the tangled mystery. Jake, Mr. Diagrella. That's me! I love Pokemon. Yeah. I'm a big Pokemon fan. I grew up with Pokemon and I grew up with Yu-Gi-Oh. And to have a film, a live action, like, Pokemon film, literally makes 12-year-old me the happiest person on the planet. Yeah. Like, I can't believe we're actually here. Like, actually talking about a film. It's weird, eh? That has people and Pokemon in it. And within the first five minutes of this movie, I was just like, couldn't help but like naturally smile at it. Okay. And I have a lot to criticize about this movie, mm. which I will get into. Okay. But from the first five minutes, I was so excited to see a movie that we never really got to see. I love that you just said literally all that, because these are all like basically questions I was going to ask you. Yeah. Of like, we've grown up with Pokemon. Yes. You know, probably very different. Like, actually, probably similar, to be honest. Mm-hmm. We probably both kind of have the same, you know, we saw certain episodes of the show, we played certain games. Yep. Um, I think you're right on the ball with that in terms of once you start actually sitting down and watching this film, you're like, and we, keep on, we didn't watch this together. This nope. is the first time I've heard Zeke say anything about the film. Mm-hmm. First time I'm saying anything in front of him. Um, I think you're right on the money. As soon as you start watching this, you're like, Pokemon's a great IP. Yeah. And you it's, just get into it. It's a, cause it's a world you'd want to live in. Yeah. It's a, and it was always the thing with like, like I always was more a Yu-Gi-Oh kid than a, a Pokemon kid, but Pokemon had a world that Yu-Gi-Oh just didn't have. Okay. Yeah. Uh, like physical animals that live in the world that you, you know, live and integrate with in society. And I think that always got me really good. And it was so funny that this film revisited probably the one that most people know, which is the first Pokemon movie. Mm. Um, And this one tangles itself in it, which I like, but it also reminds me of how much better that movie is. (laughs) Pokemon first movie. but I don't remember much about the first one other than obviously Mewtwo's connection to it. And that's something I wanted to say about this film. Very, very smartly only used first generation Pokemon. Yes. Very smartly, because they knew the majority of this audience... Probably weren't going to be hardcore fans. Probably Make, only knew those first. Making set. the main protagonist twenty one and not twelve is a big, interesting sort of like choice. Making oh, just that's a good point twenty one. Is he twenty one in this? He is twenty one. Okay, which is interesting when you think about that. Because, I can't relate to it anymore. Yeah, because like <laughs> the show that we grew up with was. An 11 or 12-year-old? Yeah. Yeah, something like that. So to make them 21 was clearly a deliberately marketing strategy because they know the people that want to see the Pokemon movie are 21, range from the age of 20 to probably about 30, Yeah, are the people that really want to see this movie. Okay. And I feel like there was a lot of intentional sort of... Even though it's still marketed as a kid's film, there's a good amount. I imagine there's probably just as many adults in the audience as there were kids in the audience. Yeah, definitely right in terms of what was clearly going to happen. It's it's you know it's the Incredibles two effect. Yes. Of like a lot of people watching this film are going to be boo boo grew up with it. Yep. That being said, I actually found the the film very heavily aimed towards kids more than adults, even though it still works. Mm-hmm. But there was a lot of my only gripes with the film, like my only real gripes, is that it feels so overly expositional. Even in the mm-hmm. third act, um, for, and I'll get I'll get into it a bit later, um, just how over the top they hit you with it. But the fact that this is at the end of the day a kids' film, mm-hmm. 
And it's something that me and my sister talked about because my sister picked up on this. This was the only gripe she had with it too. Mm-hmm. We just felt the dialogue was very ham-fisted oh, at times. Oh, boy, oh, boy, is the dialogue ham-fisted. Very much so. Look, we don't need to see a visual flashback of the crime scene to then see the crime scene to then cut to Pikachu saying, this is the crime scene. We don't need all of that, but it's a kid's movie, okay, so, so I'm okay with before it. Before we really get into the film, I do want to address something to you. Um... So most people who have talked about a live action animation film like this one eventually yep. coming to our screens yep. have often thought that it would not be about the IP project. Like the Pokemon IP, yeah, sure. But like Detective Pikachu, out of all the choices they could have gone within with... Within Pokemon. Within the Pokemon sort yep. of collective, that's the one they elected to go with. Makes me really mad. Because okay. there were so many other versions... Of this entire universe they could have gone with that they could have benefited from. I I was saying earlier to someone I was like talking to about this, yep. I was like, I would have loved to see Mystery Dungeon get the the nod mm, over okay. over this. Now I know it's tricky to kind of wand it all up into a ninety minute feature, and that's always been the problem with Pokemon is because it's such a long drawn out expansive thing. thing yeah. So Detective Pikachu is probably the easiest of the options to go to. But I I, th- I just thought it was weird, and the the choice of uh, this property out of all of them felt like the one that just didn't c- click with me. And the okay. first five minutes is particular, where they established the whole catching Pokemon sort of stuff. I love that. Just makes me want to see that movie a right, million yeah, yeah, times yeah. more. I was sitting there five minutes in, and I was like, this is going to be the last time we see a Pokemon catching scene. I know it. Yeah, now and you were right on the money with that. That's look, that's actually a really good point. The fact that you bring that up because I did love that scene, mm-hmm. and that you're right because they put that at scene the forefront. I didn't like the opening scene, no. But it's it's like Avengers. My least favorite thing about the original Avengers is the opening scene, where the the enemy is unleashed into the world sort yeah. of thing, you know. And that's exactly how that opens. That's my least favorite part. As soon as that scene's over, I'm like, okay, I'm on the actual ride now, mm-hmm. and I'm having fun because I knew it immediately. But you're right, that scene of them catching the Pokemon. Now that I'm looking back, it's like, that would have been nice to see more of. You're right. Because that immediately That's, got, as an audience, got us back into the Pokemon mood. Yeah, that got us, and they deliberately put it there in the first five minutes to be like, this is this universe, this is what... Yep. But then for us who are watching it, we go, well, that's what the movie could have been. It could have been more of that. Yeah. You know? Having said that, I think it's actually kind of smart that they went this detective route. Because mm-hmm. now it puts it, not, not that necessarily... The, the mystery narrative is a, is a genre, but it very quickly establishes this is a mystery story. And it reaffirms it just enough throughout the mm-hmm. story of, you know, finding clues, detecting and solving this mystery, you know? Mm-hmm. I think it was actually really smart that they grounded it in that. Because you're right, it could have been a different story. could have been following someone who's becoming a Pokemon trainer, ca- catching Pokemon. But I think that could have been a little... As the very first movie they do, that could have been too jarring. Okay. Especially with, like, a new protagonist we never met before, that kind of thing. Yeah. No. No, I'm <laughs> uh, No, I agree. No, you can disagree. I think, I think you're in the uh, the right ballpark in the same... Uh, if you're looking from a studio point of view, it's like, do yeah. we want this Pokemon live-action universe to exist? What, what's our starting point? Let's yeah. start with a story that can establish the world. Yeah. Are we going to go back and see Detective Pikachu again? Maybe along the line, yeah. but we should honestly, and we can talk about it later, what's the plans next for this franchise? Are they going to make a Pokemon trainer movie? But and I think they should. Um it it probably was the right first foot forward, but damn if that first ten minutes doesn't make you want to just see that sort of movie. Right. Like, no, where, I understand exactly. Well you get to see the world and like even in the first few minutes you're like, man, like the visual effects are integrated really nice into the world. Yeah, it's gorgeous. Really are. It's it. Com- I'm completely already sold in this world, and that might be the bias that I want to be sold into the world more because of like because you love, that childhood you love nostalgia. But yeah. definitely, I like loved it. Well, that being said, I think this film, even though you're right, it's it's grounded in our childhood mm-hmm. essentially. I think it's still had an uphill battle because mm-hmm. especially when this film first got announced, and I said it last week when we talked about this film that when it got announced, I immediately was like, this is so stupid. Detective Pikachu live-action mix with Ryan Reynolds playing Pikachu. I thought mm-hmm. it was the dumbest thing in the world. And the more I watched this film, the more I realized just how clever so many of the, the higher-up decisions of, like, this is what this movie's going to be. Mm-hmm. I was shocked at how smart it was. 
in a lot of ways, especially going back to Ryan Reynolds. What mm-hmm. did you think of him as Pikachu? I don't know. I think okay. um, I've, uh, he has the voice, but the problem is because his voice has now become kind of... Deadpoolish. S- yeah. Synonymous with it's, it. It's impossible to unsee that. And I like this in a way that it's like, well, it could be the way of shaping kids into getting familiar with a Deadpool voice. <laughs> <laughs> but in a way more censored, and I've seen interviews with him for Detective Pikachu, and he talks yeah. about like they are like he has kids asking him questions, and it's yeah, kind yeah. of funny and weirdly, I don't know. And I think he's like he's great in it. If you were just watching this film objectively by yep. itself, I think he's fun. I think he's he's fun in this. Yeah, he's of course he is. He's got a fun voice, and that's why it works. But I think they could have picked someone else. They could have been. I honestly was I was thinking about this as I was watching. I was like, who would I have got to voice act alternative to him? Yeah. And I would have loved to see maybe someone like Tom Holland. Ah. Um, okay. Someone with a bit more of that. Um, higher kind of, childy voice. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or even just like the, whoa, kind of mystery to it, I guess. Or, yeah, a bit more innocent. Innocent, um, that's what I was looking for. Uh, I think I would have preferred that route or even someone like... If we were going with this sort of funny, more adult version, I would have liked Chris Pratt, maybe to g- give it a go. Yeah, and... yeah. Uh. Here's here's the thing on my perspective because I actually I really did enjoy him as as mm-hmm. Pikachu, and I thought his stuff really landed well when it was just when his lines were thrown away. Yeah. So when he's when he's um oh there was a couple of lines I wrote down that he very specifically just just spits out. Um, why can't I find it in here? Um. Gosh. Oh, yeah, like, lines like, oh, blaming your dad sort of thing. Mm. He just spits it out. Like, and that, like, made me laugh more than the stuff that he very clearly read off a script. Stuff that just, yeah, throws the line yeah. away and it works. Um, but I think, again, I think it was clever because I got into this thing of, like, okay, well, he still sounds like an actual, like, Pikachu mm-hmm. when he's talking to other people who don't understand him. So only one person understands the Ryan Reynolds version of Pikachu yeah. with that voice. And I kind of got used to it with that. On top of the fact that the film, without spoiling anything, we can talk about spoilers in a moment, very cleverly reveals something at the end that made me go, okay, that's very clever. In terms of why Ryan Reynolds was picked to play Pikachu. Yeah. Okay. But well, yeah. No, I, I, I think that's just me. I would have liked something maybe to be a bit more synonymous with the Pikachu voice because like you said yeah. when when it goes back to the normal, to it goes back to the Pikachu voice yeah. and I feel so like cute. it would be nice to have that sort of parallel a little bit more clear whereas like I feel like these are too distinguishable I don't know okay I see what you mean like um, you didn't want it to be so completely different voices yeah I mean I get that because then that way it's bridging it a little bit easier yeah. and makes it less like oh we just got Ryan Reynolds because Dude's been pretty hot on the voice acting recently. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. He's funny, and everyone finds him funny, and they find him likable. So we got him for this film because, boy, oh boy, does he share the spotlight with? Uh, I want to talk about uh, Justice Smith. Okay, and so that's uh, our lead, isn't it? That is our lead, Mr. Tim. And uh, I can't say uh, I enjoyed his performance that much. Okay, I feel like he was quite wooden and just didn't do it for me at all. I think he was up and down. I think I got a little worried at first when, when he initially gets the phone call about his father, mm-hmm. who's gone missing, presumed dead. That, I was I was a little worried at that. His reaction to that. And I, I guess now that I think about it, his, his relationship was estranged with his father. Mm-hmm. So that makes a bit more sense. But it was little cues like that that got me a little worried about his performance. That being said, I think on the on the wider scope, I think it was fine. Okay. But I'm, I I completely understand where you're coming from from that. Because there was, were moments I was worried as well. I think it was tough to get through. It was, uh, mm. The human aspects of this film are definitely my this, least favourite. Okay. And that makes me dread what Sonic's going to do with its <laughs> IP property. Well, Sonic's just going to be a bloody mess. At least, at least the Pikachu trailers didn't look as horrible as... As the yeah, Sonic trailer and true. the CGI, your rise so good. Well, we can talk about the CGI. I'd like to address that. What did you think of the CGI? I thought film? it was really great. Yeah. Um, it's interesting because I've, I've I feel like I've had a new perspective on CGI because I I feel like I'm usually bad at picking out good CGI and bad CGI. Mm-hmm. I've been watching videos and I think um, I think you're really uh, 
appreciate where I'm coming from because we've looked at a lot of uh, Corridor Crews YouTube yeah. channel lately, yeah. and they've been doing videos like I didn't realize it was the same people. They were oh. doing this, uh, the VF, uh, VFX uh, reaction videos. It's really funny. Uh, the amount of people I feel like that have been watching Corridor Crew videos that are around me, they've all started being like, hey, have you checked out these visual effects dudes talking yeah. about like visual effects? I was like, yeah, it's Corridor Crew. Yeah. And then they were like, and it turns out we were all watching. I think we all ended up, there were like four we episodes. We were watching of- different types of their yeah. videos without realizing it was the same channel. Yeah. <laughs> Really good. Really but um, good. check those videos out because they, they break down CGI from an analytical yes, point of view. Check out a really channel well. with a million subscribers. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but they're great videos because they, they help you distinguish what goes into CGI and mm-hmm. how it's not just, you know, you I guess you would think it's like, oh, the models and I guess the animation. Mm-hmm. But it's like, no, well, that doesn't include textures and shading, um, like how fur works, um, just kind of how lighting works in terms of um, getting the lights to kind of match what's around them um, in terms of... Like high-key, low-key lighting. Yeah, well, exactly. And even the way that the camera reads a scene. Mm-hmm. It's like a camera for different lens, but then you design a CG character that doesn't necessarily fit within the rules of the lens, lens. or camera you're using. Yeah. Um, just lots of little things you got to take into consideration that make CGI good or bad. It's a really brilliant like series of videos, and they yeah. really do talk about it, and it really they help simplify the stuff a little bit more. Yeah. Make it a little bit easier to interpret. It's just fascinating stuff, really. Yeah, well, it's experts talking about the real craftsmanship behind mm-hmm. something that we might not necessarily fully understand. Yeah. And there's a lot of that in film. There's lots of different aspects. Particularly like the Pacific Rim one. That's oh, my... yeah, that one they just put out? Yeah. It yeah. really clever. Yeah, I, I did. I really like that. I mean, that's, again, that's the way the camera's used. Exactly. In it. Watch the videos. They're really good. Yeah. Um, but having seen those videos recently, I feel like I got a much better grasp of what makes good CGI, and this mm-hmm. was really good CGI in terms of nothing stood out. All the, They all seemed to fit within the world. Yeah. And they really complemented the world. The fact that they're just everywhere. I loved it. Yeah. It was, it was great. But, yeah, I just thought we'd address that. It's not often you get to really not even realize that CGI is really on your screen. Yeah. And, it could be us looking through it through a bit of rose tinted goggles, but I honestly reckon the CGI and this is is perfect, and I can't wait to see more of it. Hopefully, in the future. Yeah. No, absolutely. I think I think the CGI has been one of the, the better points uh, in the film. But um, I want to talk a bit about the plot specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't have to go beat for beat or anything like that. But there's yeah, a few things f- relatively fresh. This film. Like, yeah. Well, exactly. Um, so I guess we can get into spoilers now. Mm-hmm. We might as well. Um. The thing, the clever thing I was talking about with the Ryan Reynolds thing, not that they cast him for this specific moment, but I thought it was really clever, and I was really like, oh, please do that, please do that, yes, when it turns out he is his father. Then yeah. it turns out that um, that whole thing that Mewtwo was doing, it got a little convoluted and all that kind of stuff, but I thought it was like, his dad ends up being Ryan Reynolds, and that's how his voice comes out of Pikachu, and like, all that stuff kind of started to connect, and I was like, okay, I appreciate what they're doing here. Did that so, work for you at all? Um, it would have worked if it wasn't Ryan Reynolds being Pikachu, I think. Uh, I think that's my sort of my problem with it. I I, I like like the connect like the interwoven narrative and yeah. I think it's relatively peppered. It the problem is this film has its biggest issue with its plot is it's trying to I think the main demographic for this Pokemon film, honestly, is an an older audience when it comes to people that are actually going to watch the film. Yet, it, okay. I feel like it's marketed at younger people. So, thus, the story gets to the point where it's super simplified and sometimes yeah. it doesn't need to be. Like you said, that bit where they reiterate like four times it's what's going so on. It's so overly... You're right. Even in the third act, they yeah. have to remind you every five seconds what's going on. So, story beats like that do land well technically, but because they get reiterated so much and so heavily in, in yeah. our face, I find them really hard to get through. Okay. Because I'm just like, I get it. I get it. Like, even, like, the fact that you're, like, there, like, please let this happen. Please let this happen. You already know sort of it's going to happen. It's true. Even the mystery aspect, which, like I said, I'm glad they kind of did that. I knew the answers long before they spat them out. Yeah. In terms of, oh, and this... This is what this is for. This is what the little gas and tube things were for. Like it was all like my, very simple. My counter stuff. is some of the Pokemon animated films have some really good subtext in them, and they're really subtle about it. Yep. They're not like the on the surface pot's really clever, but the subtext is normally there, and it's there for an older audience. And they've done they've gotten really good at those. Yeah, but 
for me personally, I don't really remember anything about those older Pokemon films. Okay. So, uh, you're probably right. Mm-hmm. I just don't remember it. <laughs> no, that's fair. I, I, I think this film uh just a little bit too on the nose, but... Um, I mean, it's very on the nose. Yeah. In a lot of places. And it's a little disappointing because I think that's what stoops it a little bit. Yeah. Um, what sets it apart from... Maybe if they like for future considerations for the future Pokemon property films, um, subtlety might be better. But... Yeah, I mean even my sister picked up on that like yeah. heavily. You know, a casual movie goer. So take that for what you will. It kind of confuses me a little bit more that that Ryan Reynolds is um, Justice Smith's. Yeah, like that sort of situation. Like right in hindsight, because it's like, I mean, I I sort of get it. I sort of like I don't know. It's that bit's a little bit like, I that wasn't something I thought about when it, yeah. when the when it happened. I was th- more sitting there like, oh yeah, kind of predicted that fifteen minutes ago. But okay, mm-hmm. um, what can you do? <laughs> yeah, no, it's fair. I mean, I picked up once everyone started. I realized, oh okay, so they're forming into their Pokemon mm-hmm. partners, and I was like, oh well, then clearly Pikachu's the dad sort of thing. But then, but then it became weird that they could talk to each other. Yeah, I mean, whatever. It's like, okay, that's how it is. Let's go from here. I think if we're looking back on this film, the big pros are going to be things like the CGI. Yeah. The fact this film exists is honestly in the pro column, in my opinion. I can't wait to see more films that tackle this stuff. Um, And yeah, they're probably the big big pros. And the film's not terrible. I thought it was actually pretty... That was my only issue was the overexpository stuff. I remember when he walked into the um like apartment building in first act, and I'm just like, oh look, it's the apartment of exposition. Yes, because it just hammers in what happened to his family, which you need that in first act. That's what first act is. Mm-hmm. But then they keep doing it until the last five seconds of the movie. Yeah, it's a little bit. That's it's... the only issue I have with it. I think it's a great movie, actually. Oh, there we go. Yeah. You got anything else you'd like to add to it, Jakey boy? Uh, not a lot. I thought the neo noir kind of color scheme especially mm-hmm. the night scene i actually really liked all of that that the vibe and the graphics and that kind of stuff i really um, liked it i think we've yeah it, it's going to be a bright future for this franchise and it's only going to get better hopefully i hope so what are your highlight scenes zeke i think i've talked about the one that made me but i know it killed my vibe oh the, the at the start yeah like honestly some of that earlier stuff even just the visuals Yep. Like that opening sequence of just shots of the world almost as a way of like establishing this is the world we're going to hmm. be in was really cool. Like that's honestly... Even when he like enters from the train into the city. Yeah, you know, exactly. That kind of stuff, yeah. Like we really grasped like, ah, oh, world building shots. It's weird that I find establishing shots so good in this film, but I guess it's like really grasping. Oh, they like, do their job, they do their job. Yeah, I think that I think that's the stuff that a lot of the honestly a lot of the dialogue sequences were very uh, like can we just yeah. get like on some I just want to see more Pokemon battles. I'm not gonna lie. I just I'm was, glad there was one. Yeah. They fit in an actual Pokemon battle and yeah, I like that. But man, that's probably that's it, right? The highlight scene yeah. is the Fair po- enough. Because you just want to see that more and more. If you're if you're a Pokemon lover, I think. Yeah. So You know what was really weird? All the, it was obvious to me it was literally every interior in the entire movie just was red and blue. Like, the lights would just shift. It's like an indie film. Yeah, but, like, it felt like the DOP didn't know which light they wanted to do, so they just had the rooms all shift from red to now blue Now I have to look shot. at this. I have to look at this now. I yeah, have to go Yeah, back. when you can. Like, it was weird. When he first meets the, the reporter girl, which she literally looks like a, a younger doppelganger of one of my work friends. The same work friend... <laughs> I talked about last week when I first heard about this film. Oh. She, her face, like her facial features, and I've looked identical to her. I'll go home and I'll just like quickly put on that scene and see if the lights change a lot. I'll be like, it literally goes from red to blue every fight. Like it's literally a light in the world that's shifting. And that first scene, they don't edit the, it very well. It's the blurry side of the lore, Jake. <laughs> the the DMP couldn't figure out what they wanted. Um, my highlight scene is the mi- the miming scene. When they uh, <laughs> when they're interrogating um, what's his name, Mister Mime, Mister Mime. That's I should have known that. Um, that was a pretty awesome scene actually because the audio cues in there. 
very clever filmic turns they're using with the audio, the way the cameras use when they're like playing around with like the fake props and stuff. That was all fun. Not it to, was so not fun. Not to rehash the uh, Corridor Crew video too, but they really <laughs> show an example of how good that scene is visually because it's got a lot of low-key lighting in it. That's right. They do talk about that specific scene. Mm. He's got the basketball shoulders. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Watch yeah. the videos, it's good. Oh, no worries. Well, Detective Pikachu is out in cinemas right now for now, and we'll... You can go catch it there. Yeah, give it a look. But what's new in cinemas this week, I wonder, Jake? Um, You know what is new in cinemas is Men in Black International. Really? Because I was looking up... Ho- I got a lot of Hoyts vouchers I've just kind of built up on, and I was like, what's actually, like... Come on, uh, what's come going on, on over come here? On. No, I looked, I looked at Hoyts, and I realized it's coming out this Thursday, Men in Black International. I honestly am pretty keen to see it. I'm I know curious. Jack isn't keen to see it, but no, uh, no. He's you get your four Ragnarok reunion. Doesn't he want that? It's his like favorite Marvel movie, basically. Wow, it is a Thor Ragnarok. Re- wow, it is. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, I'm keen to see it. We should watch it together. Let's do that. Let's do that. Making plans on the podcast. But in the meantime, what are we going to watch next week, Zeke? Well, I'm glad you asked, Jake. We are going to watch Jim Cummings' Thunder Road. Honey, honey, I, I'm really not going to be good at this kind of stuff. Jim Cummings stars as a police officer from Texas who deals with the death of his mother while giving a heartfelt eulogy at her funeral, inspired by the music of singer-songwriter Bruce Springsteen. This film was written, directed, and acted by Jim Cummings. And, uh, well, what can I say? I've talked about this film a lot. Jake's... Well, I've seen the short. Seen the short. We saw the I've short together. The short. We did. And uh, us two and Jack are really Jack's keen to coming go back. to uh, see this uh, next e- on the next episode. So, uh, so this is a lunar screening, it sounds like. Yes. Yeah, going to the like, city for this one. A bit of a smaller one this week coming up, so I'm really excited for it. Honestly, um, Jim Cummins has gotten quite a, quite a bit of rep off this film mm. for uh, his indie... Uh, gumption and yeah. uh, the way he went about it and we've all kind of listened and read various things on this film and uh, we're all really keen to check it out honestly hells yeah no I'm really excited yeah. I really love the short I mean the short exploded we can talk more about it next week but, absolutely but um, that's very exciting so uh, me Zeke and Jack on the on the train this will be the first time he's back since Avengers Wow, that's a long time ago. It was. We haven't had a guest on here since Jesse with Marie Antoinette. Well, we scared them off. We scared, off <laughs> we scared them all off. No worries. Well, thank you for joining us for the Cinema Sideshow podcast. I was Zeke. And I was Jake. And we'll catch you next week with Jim Cummins' Thunder Road. Da, 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 da.